Since he entered the league, the Chargers have been trying to find the right coach to fully unlock Justin Herbert's unique skill set, and they may have found it in Kellen Moore. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons together, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And we have big news today because the Chargers have found their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, the former Cowboys offensive coordinator. So we're going to talk about if it is the right hire for the Chargers and also what it can do for Justin Herbert because that's really what this hiring was all about. But it's not all about that too because also the Chargers should get much better in the running game, which we know from hearing from Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco how important that was. This guy is coming really from a place where they did a lot of things well offensively, a very well-balanced, very well-run offense with the Cowboys. He surprisingly got let go, and the Chargers couldn't have been quicker to jump on the opportunity. But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment matter more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. David, Kellen Moore is the man, and I know it's already been a very polarizing topic. I mean, kind of like what you've heard of other offense coordinators, you know. Cowboys fans are happy that he's gone. And maybe he's the scapegoat for Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. And there's so much, I think, surrounding this. So I think you have to start with just first, do you like the hire? Do you like the Chargers kind of turning quickly from where they were going with the search to on-the-spot hiring Kellen Moore? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, this is not something that they, you know, didn't have kind of premeditated. It seems like they were keeping tabs on this possibility of the Cowboys and Kellen Moore kind of parting ways and, I mean, that definitely showed itself with how quickly they moved on this particular, um, you know, hire here. But And there have been reports it, out there that they were talking to him last week is what you're talking about. There. Right. Yeah, I mean, before he was let go by the Cowboys, reportedly there have been talks already. Yeah, so yeah, th- there's some communication there. But just looking at this, um, you know, at, at face level, I was pretty excited. You know, just uh, seeing what he has done so far in his NFL career uh, as a coach. He has a kind of a long... Uh, offensive history you know he came had a very very good career in college was one of the winningest quarterbacks in college football history then had a you know seven-year NFL career then went quickly into coaching and has that kind of unique blend of youth and uh, offensive play calling experience so I feel like the Chargers were looking kind of for a a unicorn to fill that position and I think they might have found him And that was the biggest thing, right, when we were looking through the coordinator candidates was just you can either basically go with this young up-and-coming kind of hot shot that's still rising through the ranks that hasn't ever called plays before for the most part, right? Or you could go with someone like Frank Reich or even Greg Olson, guys who have called plays extensively before, but maybe you're trying to kind of rehash somebody who's already flamed out in the NFL. It's hard to say that Kellen Moore flamed out with the offense he had going with the Cowboys. I mean, I think yeah. it's just rare to see someone coming from an offense who had been so successful get released, right? And he was in yeah. a weird situation, brought in by Jason Garrett, kept when Mike McCarthy ended up being hired in Dallas. So it is odd. And I mean, I get it from that standpoint. And I think the other thing is, too, is 
wondering what he could be without those constraints, wondering what he can be without Jason Garrett looking over his shoulder as an offensive coach or Mike McCarthy as an offensive coach looking over his shoulder and trying to have his input in it. But when he was there, I mean, it was great. I mean, they, the Cowboys offense has been really good, and I think that's what makes this a positive hire. You're getting someone who is still young, still shows some creativity. You still feel like can grow into the role, right, which isn't something you could say necessarily about all the hires. And like kind of like Joe Brady, right? That was kind of the nice thing about him. It's like he has some experience, and there's a lot of room to grow, and he's innovative and creative. Except for he came and if one stint, uh, you know, in his offensive coordinator career, he was really bad, and he got fired in two seasons, right? This yeah. guy was really good. They mutually parted ways, and he became available. And I thought it was, I mean, very telling how quickly the Chargers jumped on this opportunity, David. These guys don't come around often. No, I mean, this is a guy that was highly coveted. I mean, he got head coaching interviews. So, yeah. I mean, this is a guy that was, was very well respected around the NFL, uh, a guy that kind of, you know, has impressed upon you know what he is capable of being as a coach on a lot of different organizations you know that you know there's some reports out there that's saying that he was one of the front runners for the Carolina Panthers head coaching job so you know we know that you know one of the buzzwords that popped up a lot from Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco was leadership well i mean i, I think that it's pretty unquestioned that his leadership skills are something that you know a lot of people respect around the league so and you know, production. We talked about it. The Cowboys had the league's number one offense in terms of yards per game in 2019 and in 2021, led the league in points scored in 2021 with 31.2 per game. He has had a lot of success um, in his short, you know, coaching career in the NFL. And it seems like he has some really, really good balance with how he attacks things. It does seem like it, and that's something the Chargers have yearned for, right? Obviously, Tom Telesco is also out there saying, hey, we have Justin Herbert. We're going to be a passing team. That's my philosophy. And I think that, you know, they will be. I don't think it's going to be as close as it was. They were almost 50-50 in running pass last year. Yeah. A lot of that probably has to do with Cooper Rush, you know, starting sure. as many games as he did last season. But the stats for the Cowboys offense over the last four years, I mean, this is from the team beat writer Eric Smith. Over the last four years, the Cowboys are second in total yards, second in points scored. This is cumulative. Third in total first down, off sixth in offensive touchdowns, seventh in yards per pass attempt, eighth in EPA per play, which is basically effective points added, how much you're adding compared to the teams around the league. And he did all that with Dak Prescott missing 19 games over the last three seasons. So, like, yeah. it, it, I think that shows a lot, right? And I think, I mean, wherever you look, I mean, they were a successful offense. There's no one bad mark. Yes, Joe Lombardi had a top 10 offense last year, but look what happened this year, right? This guy was doing it consistently and I think that makes a big difference and I think when you're looking at what he can bring to this team and what you're trying to achieve with his offensive coordinator position is okay we're going to find somebody that's more well balanced we're going to find somebody that has experience as a play caller and we're going to have somebody that can work with Justin Herbert and that's what we're going to get into is just all the things he can do for Justin Herbert but he is a former quarterback played in the league that obviously helps and I think the other thing here David is going to be how he kind of fills out the rest of that coaching staff offensively, who they bring in as quarterbacks coach, who they bring in as maybe a run game coordinator, a passing game coordinator, because if things go well for Kellen Moore, he probably won't be there very long. Absolutely. I mean, he's got to look at this as a, as a golden opportunity. I mean, as you spoke about under, you know, Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy, he was kind of under their shadow. You know, yeah. it, it's not, it, you, you can't sit there and say he had, absolutely full control over everything that happened on the offensive side with the chargers. He's going to have that. He's going to be yeah. able to say that 
I'm the one that orchestrated this offense to whatever kind of immense level of success it is capable of achieving. And, and if he does that, he could turn those head coaching interviews quickly into head coaching opportunities. And that's exactly what he wants. So this is a great opportunity for him to be able to show everyone, Hey, I'm running the show. I'm making all of this, all the decisions. I'm the one that was able to unlock Justin Herbert's full potential. And I can do that for your team and your offense and your young quarterback as well. So this is a great opportunity for him where he should be completely fully self-motivated because if if he succeeds here, he can get to his ultimate goal, which is to be a head coach in the NFL. And that's why the Chargers job was such a valuable commodity, right? But when you're looking for ways to help Justin Herbert and just what you're looking for in an offensive coordinator and trying to find that balance, this is a guy who's coming from an offense that had three top 10 rushing seasons in the last four seasons in three top eight passing seasons in the last four seasons from Matthew Barry. That is a pretty balanced stack. I mean, that's yeah. good at everything basically. And I think also what you saw from him when Dak wasn't in there with Cooper rush, right? Being able to have people saying, Hey, Cooper rush should be taking Dak Prescott's job. That's something that's not easy to do. And I think that's Impressive. the one thing you've seen from him is consistently getting the most out of these guys. And that's what you want for Justin Herbert. You want someone who's going to get the most out of him. And we've already outlined some things. There are specific ways where the, he can get Justin Herbert improved, where he can improve in Justin Herbert's game. And I think the first thing it starts, and what many Chargers fans are really, really wanting, is the explosive passing game. But it's not just that. It's in the red zone. It's on third down. There are ways that he's going to make Justin Herbert a lot better just based on what he's done already. And we're going to get into that. But first, I have to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile, the only place you should be getting your jewelry, especially with Valentine's Day coming up. And that means romance is in the air more than usual. I don't need to tell you lovebirds that you've probably already had your date in the calendar for weeks now. But still, there's something that you can really make the moment pop with. And that is something from BlueNile.com. You can find jewelry as unique as she is with the modern convenience of online shopping at Blue Nile. At BlueNile.com, you can find the perfect piece of jewelry for life's special moments or even create the custom engagement ring of her dreams. Their simple online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And I know if you have a significant other out there that likes jewelry, sometimes they can be very particular with how they like it and the size and the clarity and all of those things. Make sure you get in touch with one of the Blue Nile experts. They make it so easy to do. So you make sure you don't mess up that special moment in the Blue Nile Diamond price guarantee allows you to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs. Blue Nile can even meet or beat their price. Every order is insured and arrives quickly in a discreet package so you don't give away that big moment. And right now, you guys can save up to 50% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com for up to 50% off. BlueNile.com. Justin Herbert is the main focus on anything offensive-related or really anything Chargers-related. That was the number one thing that they had to get right, is finding someone to entrust the talent and skill set of Justin Herbert with. And that's why it was such a big deal, and that's why the Chargers had to get this right. And if they got it right, we'll see, right? The only time is going to tell. We can like it, and I think both of us are in favor of it. I think especially compared to the other options, guys like this don't come available very often. But I think you also, you know, it's so important because you just don't want to keep this carousel going around Justin or Justin Herbert of these different offensive coordinators. Four in college in four years, three going into his fourth year in the NFL. You want to find some stability, and that's why the young head coach, you know, the young coordinator is nice, you know, having that guy who can potentially grow with Justin Herbert, even if he ends up getting a head coaching job. I still think it's going to be good for someone to be able to connect with him. They have already done commercials 
for a Kendall Automotive place up in Oregon where they've already met and done some shoots together. So there's some connection there at the very least. But you want to see him take Justin Herbert to new levels. And I think the best thing you can do when looking at that is looking what he did for Dak Prescott and his career when he took over for the Cowboys in 2019. Being able to do it under two different coaches, he consistently, David, got the most not only out of Dak, but out of Cooper Rush and basically anyone who started that quarterback for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I think a great tweet from Mina Kimes put that in, in perspective. He said, since Moore became the OC of the Cowboys, they had the seventh highest average depth of target in the NFL at 8.3 average yards per attempt. That's very, very different from Joe Lombardi and the Chargers, where, the you know, according to Warren Sapp, the, the Chargers were at 6.3 yards per Per Warren attempt, Sharp, which, yeah. yeah, yeah, Warren Sharp, excuse me. That's a huge, It'd be huge pretty hilarious there. if Warren Sapp was out there putting out like football <laughs> analytics about passing depth. Yeah, no, Warren, if you're not following Warren Sharp, you definitely should. He, he puts out some phenomenal information out there, but just such a stack, a stark difference. The, the Chargers were at 32nd in the league and the Cowboys were 10th in the league. That's just being a lot more successful targeting the intermediate parts of the field, getting more of those explosive passes not exactly you know deep down the football field but really attacking and getting the most out of you know an offense that should be much more productive with this style of play calling versus what we had with Joe Lombardi that's what the hope is and for anyone out there if you don't know what average depth of target is it basically just means where the receiver is at when the ball is getting to him or where they're trying to target them on the field. So the higher average depth of target means you're targeting people down the field more frequently as opposed yeah. to near the line of scrimmage or, you know, as Charger fans have become accustomed to, short of the first down marker, right? And that's what you're trying to yeah. see less of. But with Dak, I mean, this was his average depth of target for his receivers over the last few years. Ninth in 2022, 12th in 2021, 5th in 2019. I mean, that's all great numbers considering where Justin Herbert is. But the biggest part of it was attacking that intermediate part of the field. And I think that's where the Chargers really didn't do enough. I mean, with any one of half of the, you know, the maximum dropbacks and throwing to that part of the field, Dak ranked third in the league in his passing attempts between 10 and 19 yards, which is great because it means their first downs, pretty much yep. all of them, right? Yes. Herbert out of the qualified candidates was 17th out of 19. He was only ahead of Aaron Rodgers Horrible. in that stat. So, I mean, that is something where not a ton of quarterbacks qualified for half of those dropbacks, but... Dak's near the top, Justin Herbert near the bottom. I mean, if you lower that number of attempts into that intermediate part low enough, you can see him in the 30s, right? And there's only 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. So the Chargers were not using that part of the field. And I do think there is space to grow with someone like, you know, Kellen Moore right now as far as attacking the deep part of the field because Dak's deep percentage passes, he only passed deep about 10% of the time, which is the traditional 20-plus yards. So you don't yeah. love that. But on average, you're getting way less passes behind the line of scrimmage. You're getting way less passes short of the first down marker and shorter than 10 yards, which you're still going to see some for sure. But he is consistently sending guys out on deeper routes, which is something that obviously if you're a fan of the Chargers is great to see. And also, I think getting the tight ends more involved was a, a really a big part of that, too. But I mean, if you're just looking at Dak's numbers and what he did right in 2021, 4,449 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 2019. These are the two years he played the most games, basically. 4,902 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Before Kellen Moore came, Dak had never had more than 4,000 yards or 23 touchdowns in any of the three seasons he had leading up to that. So there's a stark difference there. He's gotten the most out of him. And I think the other thing is here is just 
when you're seeing something like that with Dak, the one main thing is the interceptions. But like, I'm not as worried about that with Justin Herbert because I put that more on Dak than I do the offensive coordinator. Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean, how many times have we seen Justin Herbert get those tip ball interceptions? It, it just, it, I mean, a lot of the times it's not really on him. And and I think we can both sit here and say that Justin Herbert's a lot more accurate with the football than Dak Prescott is. So I, I think when he gets those opportunities to really kind of attack the middle parts of the football field with some of those better design concepts, that's going to help be very helpful for Justin because I think we didn't see a lot of those really, really easy completions that, you know, you're throwing into a zone and there's really nobody there yeah. for the, you know, and the receiver's able to attack some yards after the catch. We didn't really see that very much, but I mean, I only was able to watch a snippet of a couple of games for the Cowboys. And it seems like, there was a lot more easy completions out there, a lot more throws where you're like, oh, man, that would look really nice in the Chargers offense. Yeah, I mean, they're just the, the lack of separation and, you know, just feel like the scheming did a, a much better job of getting these guys open. So, you know, the quarterback can hit them in, in space. Yeah. And a big part of that is being able to run the football better. Right. When yes. teams know you're going to run, you're able to run play action more effect effectively. It's going to open up more easy throwing lanes like that. But yeah, I mean, you saw him scheming guys open and you also saw him making adjustments too, and, and, you know, really picking up on what the defense was trying to take away and attacking that and getting guys open in that way as well. And just you see, you know, a safety crashing down on a tight end. And then they go over the top and, and beat him there, right? Because they know they're trying to take that away. I, I think there's a lot of you that you see when you watch the Cowboys over the last few years. But I think some of the more, most positive ways that Kellen Moore can help Justin Herbert is what they're going to do after halftime and making those adjustments, but also in the red zone too. The yeah. Cowboys were first in red zone touchdown percentage in 2022. That's great. They were sixth in 2021. They've been a great red zone team, right? And also in the second half, that's great where you want to see the Chargers make adjustments where they didn't do it this year. This year, they were first and second half points per game. They were fourth last year in 2021. You want to just go to the third quarter, 11th in 2021, which you would totally take if you're the Chargers at 30th. They were fourth and third quarter scoring in 2022. They were 15th in 2019. So they've been average to well above average to elite in Kellen Moore's time as offensive coordinator there. Red zone in the second half of games, making the adjustments. I think that's all places that Kellen Moore is going to improve upon what Joe Lombardi started. Yes. I mean, how many times were we so frustrated with the red zone play calling with the weapons that the Chargers had at their disposal? I mean, it just feels like there are so many better ways to attack that. And it got a little bit better towards the end, but it was too little too late. You just felt like there was so much more potential than the output that they actually were getting out of the red zone. And the Cowboys, by all accounts, have been phenomenal at, at doing that. I mean, hey, you want to be one of the best teams in the league. You got to score touchdowns in the red zone. And the Cowboys did that at an extremely high rate. And the second half, I mean, I think that showcases the ability to make adjustments and to be able to continue to score points and to be able to continue to run up the score. And that's one of the things I, I actually really liked. Uh, I saw from pig, pig, uh, pig uh, excuse me, pigskin addicts. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little bit of a tough one. The Cowboys put up 40 or more points eight times in the past two seasons. They did it four times in 2022 with Dak doing his best Jameis Winston impression. And I'm sure he's alluding to the interceptions there, but the Chargers only did that a handful of times uh, in the, in the last few years. And I believe they were all in 2021. I mean, the Chargers didn't really do that at all. Last, last season Chargers so, didn't score 40 points this year. Yeah, there you go. I mean, not, not at all. I mean, they, they did it in 21, but not at all this season. So you want 
and you know that the Chargers offense has that ability. So being able to unlock the full potential of the offense, another very exciting, hopefully, uh, development that we get to see with Kellen Moore. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're saying that the Cowboys had more 40-point games than the Chargers had 30-point games. I believe the Chargers only had yeah. three 30-point games in 2022. So yep. that's a, you know an added bonus. They were also up there as far as point differential, too. They put teams away. You saw that in the first round of the playoffs, yep. right, where they ended up putting away the Buccaneers and not letting Tom Brady get back into that game. So you've seen that, the separation. One of the things I loved in that Tampa Bay game, first play coming out of halftime, you're up 24-0. to zero. Your kicker can't make any point afters. You do a deep throw to the tight end 20 yards down the field on the first play. You're up three or four score or three scores at that point, and you're just going for it anyways. There's no slowdown. I really loved seeing that when I was yes. watching that game. And obviously that last game, it sucks. They went up against a good 49ers defense. Dak melted down a little bit. Tony Pollard got hurt, and he was a big part of it. Yep. And when the running game went away, they weren't the same. But that's one of the biggest things the Chargers want is somebody who can improve their running game, and that is something that Kelton Moore has done effectively – ever since he took over four years ago as the Cowboys offensive coordinator. Can he revive the Chargers running game? We're going to get into that, but I do need to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. There's so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Guys, the Super Bowl is coming up. Let's be honest. If you want prop bets, if you want the best place to place your bets, you go to FanDuel. Download FanDuel now and you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown and also the game changer. Same game parlays where you can buy do multiple props in the same game and multiply your winnings that way. All why you don't even have to flip the channel. And guess what? There's only one game left. So this is the best time to ever have a same game parlay. And the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every matter, every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So everything is obviously going to be focused around Justin Herbert, but one of the things the Chargers really have lacked around Justin Herbert was the ability to be a balanced offense and to get him some help from the running game. The Chargers have been terrible basically since Justin Herbert entered the league as a running team. 2021 was better. They were closer to where you wanted to be, but even in the best season we had seen in a long time, the Chargers were very middle of the pack rushing the football, right? But that's one thing that you have to hope you get with Kellen Moore is not only, hey, getting Justin Herbert, you know, unlocked, finding better ways to use him, getting those easier passes and being more efficient in places like the red zone. But also, can you get him some help? Because that yeah. is one thing that Kellen Moore did in Dallas. They were balanced. And most importantly, they ran the football well when they did decide to do it. Yes, they sure did. In the past four seasons, Dallas ranked seventh overall with 8,358 rushing yards and were ninth with 71 rushing touchdowns. That is from Eric Smith of Chargers.com. Top 10 in rushing yards, three of the four seasons as the offensive coordinator there in Dallas, and that is from Matthew Barry. Some great stats there to just to back up how balanced this offensive attack was, not only getting production from the passing game, but being very, very efficient and very good with that rushing attack as well, which we know is a big focus for the Chargers. And not even just getting, you know, better like yards per carry, but they were explosive 
with the running game. I mean, they had, I think they were seventh in explosive runs of 10 plus more, 10 or more yards in 2022. They were ninth in 20 plus yard runs. They were eighth in 40 plus yard runs. They're able to create those chunk plays in the running game, which is something the Chargers have severely lacked. I mean, I know, you know, I laughed at Brandon Staley when he said, you know, hey, one way to get explosive plays is not by throwing deep down the field and getting a fast wide receiver, but turning around and handing the ball off to a running back, which is very hard to believe when you've seen the Chargers rushing attack over the last <laughs> yeah, few for real. years, right? If you're the yeah. Cowboys, I mean, they were more likely to bust a run of 10-plus yards than they were to bust a pass of 20-plus yards. So yeah. this was a way the Cowboys were consistently finding those explosive plays. And when you're talking about explosive plays and being more explosive on offense, it doesn't just have to do with Justin Herbert. They need more speed. They need more ways to get the ball downfield with Justin Herbert and take advantage of that golden arm that he has, obviously. But you can also get it in the running game as well. And like, if you split the difference between the Cowboys and the Chargers over the last few years, you're going to get a monumental improvement in the running game. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, who the backs are, who your offensive linemen are and all that stuff. But I mean, this is a Cowboys team, no matter who they had out with injuries, no matter even with an aging Ezekiel Elliott, which at times it seemed like he was kind of being forced to use in more roles as he was trying to get Tony Pollard the ball more. They were still year in, year out, one of the best teams, eighth in rushing yards in 2022, ninth in yards in 2021, seventh in average yards per carry, fifth in rushing yards in 2019, fourth in yards per carry. I skipped 2020 because that's the year that Dak only played five games. So it's hard yeah. to really evaluate that with Andy Dalton playing at quarterback. From Daniel Popper, they were seventh in EPA per designed rushing play in, in 2022. So like when they ran the ball, they were effective. And you don't need to run the ball 40 times a game, but when you do run it, you want to be able to run it effectively. And when you have a 27-point lead, you want to be able to hold on to that lead. Those are things that you're hoping improve with Kellen. Yes. I mean, please. They better never do that again. I mean, for my health. I mean, when that happened, I definitely felt like checking myself into the emergency Well, this is where the Chargers were, too. I mean, I gave you the the numbers on the Cowboys. The Chargers in 2022, 30th in, in, in yards per carry. They were 16th in 2021 where I said, hey, the best year in a while, and that's very... As middle of the pack as it gets. In 2020, they were 31st. In 2019, they were 22nd. David, it's been a really, really long time since we've seen the Chargers have an adequate rushing attack. And, and the Chargers running game was something that you actually feared. You probably have yeah. to go back to LT. Defense ha- defenses have had absolutely no reason to respect the Chargers rushing attack at all. They know that they want to try to prevent Justin Herbert from attacking and accessing the deep part of the football field. And they can do that because they know that you can't run the ball on them. And that that has been the case for the last few years. Just imagine being able to get them out of those cover two alignments, being able to uh, get them coming up and having to respect the run. Then you're going to be able to really go over the top and really get those easy play action completions when they have to honor the run because you're able to run it efficiently and effectively at will. That's going to make Justin Herbert so much more effective when he, we know he's incredibly accurate and you can get creative with the rollouts and stuff. If you have a, a rushing attack that can really support him and not have him do absolutely everything. Yeah. And I mean, they love to pull players, right? They love to go power and get guys in front. The Chargers were starting to do well with that towards the end of the year. This year, yeah. it seemed like they found a little bit there. And I think, you know, he would run to the right side when his best run blockers are on the right side. I don't think he'd be stubborn in that way. At least he hasn't been at least from what I've seen from him. But, I mean, that's one of the reasons you you thought that Brandon Staley would be trying to go for someone in the Kyle Shanahan tree yeah. right, or the Sean McVay tree because we know that when those offenses were clicking and when they were at their highest point, they were running the ball especially well. And that is a very yeah. hard run defense 
running scheme to defend in a lot of ways, right? And that was so interesting, and, and I think kind of a moment of growth for Brandon Staley this year and making this hire with Kellen Moore is just the fact that he's going outside of his coaching tree comfort yeah. zone, right, yes. as I would put it. And, and he didn't go with Zach Robinson or Thomas Brown or Greg Olson or any of those guys with the Sean McVay ties. Even Gerard Johnson had you know ties to Sean McVay and obviously Sean McVay's system. They went totally out of the box here. Luke Steckel was out of the box, right? And and it's interesting that they didn't wait to interview more of the the playoff coordinators, right? At all. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Dan Pitchers of the world, the Brian Johnsons of the world. It, it's surprising they didn't try any of those guys, but I think Brian Staley knew what he knew. And, I mean, it worked out with Ryan Ficken when he went outside of his comfort zone and went with somebody that he hadn't had no connections with. I think you're hoping that's something of the same thing. But I do think that is a moment of growth, not just hiring your friends, hiring who you think is best for the job. Absolutely. It's it's a completely uh, it's super important point that you make there because you don't want a bunch of yes men. I've said it on this show before, but I'm going to say it again because you need those differing opinions. You need the those perspectives that are not exactly in line with yourself. I mean, that's how you grow. That's how you get new information. That's how you completely continuously innovate and change your system, which we know that Brandon Staley is a scholar. And, you know, he comes from, you know, parents that were both teachers. So we know that, that he's always continuously trying to grow and get better. So getting bringing someone into the building that they were clearly enamored with because they would yeah. not have moved this quickly if they were not bringing in somebody who's completely kind of different from everything that he believed in and went with. I think that is definitely a moment of growth. And we'll see if that pays off for him. Or or not, because that's definitely I think this might be the last coordinator he's going to have the privilege to hire with the Chargers if it does not go well. Yeah, I, I mean, if it does go away, Brian gets head coaching job. If it doesn't go well, Brandon Staley's probably gone. So, I mean, you're yeah. probably right about that. You have to hope. I mean, even if you're skeptical of this hire, I mean, you have to hope it works out just yeah. for the sake of Justin Herbert. If you don't, yes. you know, I know a lot of people want to be right sometimes more than they want the Chargers to be good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I like this hire. I, I there's no perfect hire. Everybody's going to come with their no, flaws. Never. I like it. We'll see if it works out. I mean, I think that they're going in the right direction, though, and they're taking a nice swing. It's hard because he doesn't really have a coaching street, a tree. Yeah. You know, he came only from the Cowboys. That's his entire career was playing for the Cowboys, then became the quarterback's coach of the Cowboys, then became the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, right? So that's all I knew. But hopefully that makes a more kind of moldable mind where it is his offense, and hopefully he can build the offense around Justin Herbert like he built it around Dak Prescott like he built it around Cooper Rush when he had to and all the other adjustments that he's made so I think it is growth from Brandon Staley going out of his comfort zone to get someone like this and and I think the Chargers really lucked out in being able to have somebody of this caliber that doesn't normally get fired so easily available and Daniel Popper made a good point too the Chargers just had the Cowboys at training camp this last season right where they were out there playing against each other and things, you know, we got to see up close and personal how Kellen Moore ran that offense and things like that. Obviously, he pieced up Brandon Staley in 2021 when the two teams came together and they ran all over the Chargers in that game. Yeah. Even though the Chargers should have won that game. Freaking Jared Cook, illegal <laughs> shift. Oh, my God. Like, terrible touchdowns called <laughs> off the board, right? And then they end up ugh, so many that bad fluke plays. fumble, too. Yeah, the, yeah, the fumble that wasn't a fumble. The in the grasp of Justin Herber while he was, you know, given Micah Parsons a, a face full of his hand in, yeah. the, in that moment, you know, probably would have got that pass off. There's a lot of things, but there's obviously an admiration here. Uh, and it's nice to see, you know, Brandon Staley just trying to do what's best for Justin Herbert, as opposed to 
what he did the first time around, which was hiring someone he was comfortable with with Joe right. Lombardi. It wasn't his first choice. He tried to go outside and go with more of a McVay Shanahan type of guy. But still, this is the furthest out we've seen him reach outside of people he knows. And that is big. And, and those guys, you know, like Kyle Van Noy ended up working out for him. Ryan Ficken has worked out for him. JC Jackson, we'll see about that. But they, I, I like the hire, and that's the main point. I like it. I like it for Justin Herbert, and hopefully he can be the one that gets Justin Herbert, you know, to that next tier, which is making him amongst the elite of the elite in the NFL. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Tomorrow, we might be getting into our Chargers mailbags. If you guys want to make sure you don't miss that, make sure you are following us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC so you can get your questions in when we put the post out, or you can just do it in the YouTube comments. Let us know what you think about the hire in the YouTube comments if you haven't already, too. And if you're on just listening to the podcast, you can go give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from and ask your question on there, too, or tell us how you feel about this new hire for the Chargers. We also post the show every day to all of our social media, so you can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, as well as the show's Locked On Chargers Facebook page and also at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. If you guys want to make sure you never miss the show, though, the easiest way is just to subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel or follow the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. So you make sure you never miss out because we are here every day, five days a week for free through the entire off season until at least June, where we'll kick it down to three days a week. But appreciate you guys as always. Thank you for making this your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Locked On NFL podcast. I know I'll be on there soon with Peter Bukowski, and they always do a great job of keeping me up to date with everything going around on around the league. And it's just something that most companies can't do. But Locked On, you get the local experts from around the league on there all the time, giving you the biggest stories. So make sure to check that out if you want something to keep up with. But make sure we're always your first listen. And thanks for checking it out today, guys. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Maybe there's a quarterback's coach. Maybe we do Chargers mailbag. We'll see. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.